as the clock ticks towards All Hallows' Eve, we'll wind down where we began in last month's episode of Breaking Walls with the October 30th, 1957 episode of Life in the World on NBC. The October 14th Life magazine cover featured Little Rock Central High School. The October 21st cover featured American scientists plotting Sputnik's orbit, while the October 28th cover featured Queen Elizabeth opening Canadian Parliament. This episode features a speech by poet Carl Sandburg and a rare interview with Frank Lloyd Wright, both speaking about Chicago. Life and the World. NBC Radio, in association with the editors of Life magazine, brings you an added dimension to radio reporting. Each weeknight at this time, guided by the contents of Life magazine, we will explore in sound the people, places, and events in Life and the World. Good evening. This is Leon Pearson, substituting for Frank Blair. Tonight, a historic literary first from Chicago. Carl Sandburg's new poem, Chicago Dynamic. Another salutation to Chicago from Frank Lloyd Wright. Whatever it does, it does in a great big way. In 60 seconds, we'll bring you these unique features. But first, hear this. Both Sandberg and Wright spent significant time in Chicago. Sandberg was back in Chicago debuting a new poem about the city. His speech from the banquet by the Chicago Dynamic Committee was recorded. For 58, an even greater forward look. In style and ride, the Chrysler Corporation took a leap into the future that you call sublime. More than ever, the advanced design. Just wait until you see the forward look, look, look. Here comes another car with the forward look. This is Bill Lundigan reminding you to look for the 1958 Plymouth. Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, and Imperial. For 58 more than ever, the forward look is the advanced design. See it at your dealers soon. Carl Sandburg, who had worked in and around Chicago as a milkman, a field hand, dishwasher, house painter, newspaper reporter, in 1916 put himself and his adopted city on the map, poetically speaking, with his famous... Chicago. Remember the lines, hog butcher of the world, tool maker, stacker of wheat, player with railroads, and the nation's freight handler? Well, a few months ago, Chicago's unofficial poet laureate returned to the city at the invitation of a group of industrialists and planners called the Chicago Dynamic Committee, formed to honor the city's architectural heritage. His assignment was to write a new poem about Chicago, and to do it, he visited new buildings and historic old ones, new steel mills, old haunts of his own, and even re-examined the Chicago area from a helicopter. His poem was delivered last week in the form of a speech at a Chicago dynamic banquet, and the current issue of Life magazine prints excerpts from it. Wanting you to enjoy a rare treat, we placed our Life in the World microphone before the distinguished American poet. We must think anew, we must act anew. You cut loose from old traditions and begin to make new ones. This Chicago has done in previous dynamic periods. 
It has elements of toil, combat, risk, taking chances, departing from the known into the unknown. In this spirit, during an earlier Chicago dynamic, the skyscraper was born. Today's Chicago dynamic has cut loose from old traditions and begun to make new ones. Yesterday's skyscrapers are overtowered by steel-clad structures rising far taller with ease and grace. There are three questions. Where did we come from? Where are we now? Where are we going? Chicago Dynamic faces these unafraid. Another distinguished American in just a moment on Life and the World. Halloween is our kids' night to howl, and they do make the most of it. In spite of their noise, their costumes, the children wearing a little orange and black UNICEF tag are angels in disguise. For these children have chosen to turn their Halloween fun into help for other children all over the world. Frank Lloyd Wright settled in Chicago shortly after the Great Fire of 1871. He was 90 at the time of this interview and as passionate as ever. His Guggenheim Museum was under construction in New York while he dreamed of a mile-high office building for Chicago. With the few coins collected, the future and well-being of a score of needy children can be a reality. Our UNICEF junior ambassadors know that when Halloween comes to an end, they hold in their hands a lifeline that reaches around the world. So when a UNICEF goblin knocks on your door, please welcome him. His trick is to treat other children all over the world, and you can help. The Chicago of steel and stone, of mortar and brick, has an ever-changing profile. A man who has done much to change the profile of all of America is there now, and as Carl Sandburg creates enduring monuments in words... So does this man create his enduring and, in many cases, controversial monuments in steel and stone. He has envisioned, among other things, a skyscraper a mile high. His artistic life is dedicated to bringing a dynamic, progressive architectural tomorrow into the soaring realities of today. Life and the world sets its microphone in front of that master of a pungent and astringent point of view, Frank Lloyd Wright. Chicago's growth has been dynamic. And it is a big city, and it's too big, like all the other cities. Chicago, of course, has one of the greatest spirits of any great city. Whatever it does, it does in a great big way. Architecturally speaking, what do you think of Chicago, its good uh, points and its bad ones? Well, architecturally speaking, of course, it's... It has given birth to what they call the curtain wall construction. It's the old idea of rolling steel into lumber and using it the way, the only way they ever knew how to use anything in the way of beams and posts like lumber. Now that's the old 19th century construction. Now long ago, 50 years ago, a new way of using steel economically came into architecture, I think largely by way of my own efforts, 
Now we know how to build buildings from the inside out instead of from the outside in by turning the steel into strands and uh, wires and use it purely for its pull, its strength and tension, which is its great economy. And that's the way 20th century buildings should be built. Are there any plans now to build a mile-high building? Yes. There are several murmurs and rumbles in various directions. But I called the mile high the Illinois, and I want to see it built by Chicago. It's the old Chicago spirit that will build it. Now, the Chicago spirit, I imagine, at the present time is rather weak. Now, what it needs is the mile high to put it there where it belongs. If Chicago is dynamic, the mile high is its dynamics. From Chicago to London, for news of efforts of another architectural nature, the building of Western defense, in just a moment. Well, I want to go there when he calls my This is Red Foley, and right at this minute, I'm sort of combining work and pleasure, you might say, by enjoying some of the good harmony of the Marksman Quartet and also picking out some of their songs to do on future broadcasts of our Red Foley show here on NBC. You know, Saturday has come to be my favorite day of the whole week, and I think there's a pretty good chance that we can make it a better day than ever for you with the fun that we stir up here in the Ozarks. In addition to the Marksman, I'll bring... With me, some of the other top favorites in our field. And, of course, uh, the guests that you tell us you want to hear. So let us be a regular part of your Saturday schedule. Won't you do that, please? Tune in our NBC program, The Red Foley Show. And we'll do our doggoneness to make it worth your while. Last week in Washington, British and American government leaders met to discuss their joint problems. One of the problems, that of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. A heads-of-government meeting of NATO was planned. This morning, President Eisenhower announced that he would attend the NATO conference. To get the British ideas of this coming meeting, NBC correspondent Joseph C. Harsh went to Foreign Secretary Selwyn Lloyd. Apparently, you've all agreed now that it's desirable not only to have the normal NATO council meeting, but also to have it at head-of-government level. What is the need to give this meeting the special character which was mentioned in the Washington communique? Well, the purpose of the consultations in Washington was to agree upon the principle of interdependence. And this was not meant to be an exclusively Anglo-American development. On the contrary, our purpose is to bring in our friends and allies of the free world. And we, for our part, welcome a meeting at head of government level. We think that will maintain the momentum of these discussions, and it will show to our allies that we mean business, we really want their cooperation. Does NATO need refurbishing? I take it that refurbishing of NATO is really the purpose of going to this high level. I think it's quite inaccurate to talk like that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with NATO. It's been the shield behind which Western Europe has lived in comparative security since 1949. But to maintain the vitality of any alliance, new ideas and new impulses are needed. Uh, and NATO, backed by the nuclear power of the West, is still the main protection for us in this island. Why did you make reference in the communique to support for Turkey? 
which presupposes, I suppose, the threat of a Russian attack upon Turkey. Well, Turkey is a, a staunch ally of ours. Uh, the Soviet Union have recently been threatening Turkey. In my view, the Soviet Union have been increasing tension in the Middle East in that way, and we thought it right to make it absolutely clear that if Turkey is attacked, the United States and the United Kingdom will stand by their obligations to Turkey under the North Atlantic Treaty. Has there been, over this last period of time, a real threat to Syria by or from Turkey? I do not believe there has been any threat to the independence of Syria from Turkey or from any Western power. I think the threat to Syrian independence comes from a very different quarter. You think it's entirely fictitious? I do. Complete falsehood. All right, now, Mr. Selwyn Lloyd... Do you think that the Washington communique, or at any rate its purpose, has or will reduce the dangers of Soviet expansionism in the Middle East? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, because we want to live at peace with the Soviet Union. We don't covet an inch of their territory, and we have no intentions contrary to their interests. But what we are not certain about is whether they really wish to live at peace with us. They talk a lot about peace, but their deeds seem calculated to increase tension and conflict between the nations. Therefore, until we are absolutely certain that they genuinely want peace and have shown proof that they want it, we have to look to our own defenses and our own protection. I believe that the Washington Declaration indicates the ways in which the nations of the free world can the more efficiently cooperate, the more efficiently pool their resources, and therefore maintain their security. In that way... I believe the Declaration will contribute to stability and so to peace. And that's life and the world. This is Leon Pearson substituting tonight for Frank Blair and concluding this 68th edition of Life and the World. Tonight's program was developed through the worldwide facilities of Life and NBC News. This is NBC. Fortify yourself on cold mornings with steaming hot oatmeal, Quaker Oats or Mother's Oats. Cooks in one minute. On October 29, 1957, head of MGM, Louis B. Mayer, died of leukemia. He was 73. The next day, Variety magazine carried his obituary. Although Mayer was often disliked and even feared by many, director Clarence Brown remembered, he made more stars than all the rest of the producers in Hollywood put together. He knew how to handle talent, and he knew that to be successful, he had to have the most successful people in the business working for him. He was like Hearst in the newspaper business. He made an empire out of this thing. However, both movie studios and the entertainment industry were rapidly changing. As was America. But the only way past is through. So forward we go, in time that is, in the next episode of Breaking Walls. <laughs>